Hello and welcome to the podcast, UFO Warning. Today I'd like to talk a little bit about a site that uh, was supposed to have taken place back in the mid-1950s. It's called the Del Rio UFO Crash. This is uh, one of those uh, crashes that's kind of taken on a life of its own. And I did some research into it. Let me get my notes out here. And I think that it's really going to be one of those cases that falls into uh, probably not provable if definitely just didn't happen. It doesn't pass the test of, uh, as we say, anytime we do a UFO investigation or we have a sighting that we're trying to record, we want to know what, where, when, and who. Well, what happened supposedly was that uh, uh, a UFO crashed, a uh, UFO was intercepted by a group of uh, fighter jets who were escorting a bomber down in South uh, Texas. And uh, supposedly this um, UFO uh, was coming along at about 2,000 miles an hour, veered in front of the flight group, and ended up crashing just across the Rio Grande and the Mexican border. Uh, the dates of when it happened varied. Uh, it started out that it was supposedly first reported that it occurred, like I think, in 1948. Then the date went to 1950, then the date went to 1955, 56, or 57, just not quite sure. So we have a shifting date on it, which causes some problems. And then the biggest problem is who uh, reports the site. And this is a fellow uh, called Colonel Robert Willingham. Now, um, from what I could find, and I put links on the website ufowarning.com, it looks like he actually was a colonel, but he was a colonel in the civilian, uh, civil, or civilian, civil air patrol in Pennsylvania. And uh, I put up a video there, too, of a conference. Um, there were some people that they, there's been a book written about this, and the, the presentation is interesting enough. But they claim that he was a uh, World War II fighter pilot under Patton, that he served in the Korean War. Uh, that he got hurt, that he came back to the States, and that he was in the reserves flying in Texas when this happened. Um, but the fellow that did some actual research on it, which no one else seems to have done and got a hold of the Army records, showed that he went into the Air Force at the very end of 1945. So it's questionable if you would have even seen any combat. Secondly, uh, he did come back to the States, but he wasn't in the Air Force Reserve. He or the Army Reserve, whatever it would have been back then, he was in the Silver Air Patrol, and he was not stationed in, in Texas at the time of that uh, UFO crash, supposed crash. He was actually in Pennsylvania, so the dates don't match up. Uh, according to Mr. Uh, Will Willingham, I listened to some of his interview. He did an interview. He's passed away now. Uh, he was an old guy. He was born in 1926, and I listened to an interview that he had done with, I think it was Jeff Rance, and it's on it's online, and the interview was done, I believe, in night in uh, 2010, and in a couple different. The problem kind of becomes first off, he describes that he was escorting this bomber, and the way he describes it seems a little. I'm not sure it passed the mustard test. He uh, describes that they all 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 the people involved, all the there were four fighter jets and this big bomber, and they were doing some kind of a uh, military drill. You know, it's Cold War era, and they were preparing for a military drill. They were flying this uh, bomber uh, escort group, 
uh, into the Air Force Base there. Oh, I can't think of an name offhand, but it was in, uh, say, north central Texas, northeast Texas. And he says that they see the UFO approaching from the left, basically uh, at a high rate of speed, 2,000 mile per hour, I think he estimates. And then it just like cuts uh, immediate right angle, you know, at a possibly high speeds and cuts uh, under them, I think he says. And then they notice that they notice the uh, UFO, the saucer shaped disc, uh, flies uh, to the right, southbound, crosses the Rio Grande uh, River there and crashes just on the other side of the uh, Rio Grande River in, into the, the uh, Mexico territory. And this is right across from the, I think it's called the Roy Beam, Judge Roy Beam Ranch. There's a big, um, a big like uh, state park or something there now. So it's, so it's a well-known area and you can see where, I mean, you can Google maps that or watch any of the videos on this um, particular alleged crash and see exactly where it's said to have occurred at. Now, Mr. Willingham says that he gets back to base and uh, supposedly they're told it never happened, don't say anything, but somehow he gets permission from his commanding officer and, and uh, he gets another pilot and they take this little trainer Cessna and they fly across the river, which is the U.S. border, and which he just acts like it's no big deal. I mean, I'm not sure how things were in 1955, but it seems like just to fly across another country's airspace without permission might be a little bit of a deal. He flies over there, and uh, earlier he has said uh, in the interview that uh, this wreck this wreck site uh, was just a complete mess. There's metal scattered everywhere. Uh, he points out that uh, on the interview that that while the Roswell crash left like a lot of foil and like lightweight stuff, that this stuff had like actual pieces of metal, chunks of metal lying about. Which is interesting because, you know, the crash site that he describes, you would think of as a catastrophic failure. Like there's not one piece connected to another. But fast forward, he says, he says, however, he says that when him and his, his uh, passenger flying this little uh, Cessna type plane across the Rio Grande from the airport ba base they were just at, they fly over the crash site, okay, with no concern about the fact they're coming into another country. They fly over the crash site. They see the flight. They see the, the UFO crash down. And now he begins to describe it as if it's like a whole UFO that gets intact. So he just, uh, it's like Indiana Jones or something. He says that he lands the airplane uh, right there, out there uh, in this flat area. Well, if you look at, at this place on the Google Maps, it looks pretty rough. And there's some drone footage that one of the researchers did. Anyway... We'll give him the credit. We'll assume that he was able to land this little uh, airplane uh, in a dirt field where he'd never been before. Okay, I'll just give him that. He's a skilled Air Force pilot. This isn't even disputed. So he lands the plane with his friend. They get out, he says, and he claims that he claims in the rinse interview that he walked over to the UFO. At first, he says he gets out and there's a bunch of Mexican soldiers around and uh, they're not going to let him near it. But then he says, he makes a comment that, well, when the lieutenant came over, well, he's a colonel, but the guy with him is a lieutenant. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong here, but I thought that the colonel was quite a ways up the food chain from a lieutenant. That part didn't make sense to me. So anyway, never mind. He gets, he gets over to the UFO, he claims, and sees a small alien-like creature inside, which contradicts earlier... Um, 
descriptions where he claims that he never got more than within 60 feet of the the uh, crashed UFO. So basically, you have three different versions he's giving you. First, he says, yeah, there's the crash. It's on the ground, and it's a complete disaster. Pieces laying everywhere. Then he says, yep, I landed at the crash site, and... I, uh, but I couldn't get within 60 feet of it because the Mexican soldiers wouldn't let me. And then by 2010, he says, well, I got to the crash site, and once I saw my friend, who was a lower-ranking officer, see, then they let me go over and have a look. But there's no one here to uh, corroborate his story, and quite frankly, the gentleman's passed away, so we have no way to cross-examine him. There's been some other stuff brought up since his death, I think it's been since he's passed away, that there was a uh, uh, research, he's some kind of a, uh, a scientist, I don't know if he's like, if he's, uh, if his degree is in physics or whatnot, but I, I think it was something about laser research, and um, supposedly he had done an interview with George Knapp, and he had alluded to the fact that, rest, that, that uh, material had been taken from the site. But, you know, that's just one conversation, and he hasn't done anything to rave back it up. So, I've looked the case over, and, and honestly, um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't pass the test. As far as the what happened, we have three different stories. As far as the where it happened, well, we can identify that, but it seems odd that the Mexican government, even in 1955... I wouldn't have put up a fight about a couple of Yankees just, you know, flying across your border and demanding to see a crashed UFO. That, that doesn't pass a smell test. And then when it happened, that's a real problem because the date shifts between four or five different dates, all the way from December 1st, 1955, just back to spring of 55, uh, back to 19, or excuse me, 1948, uh, clear up to 1957. We have almost a 10-year range of dates in here, and he keeps changing the dates, and then finally says, well, I just don't remember. And then who had happened, that gentleman's, uh, you know, what he claimed to be and what he actually was. And sometimes in these cases you see people's uh, military credentials being inflated. And if you've ever known anybody who's legitimately been in the military, it's, it's enough of an experience. It seems like it puts such an impact on people that they pretty much remember exactly where they're at. I mean, I can talk to guys who had been in the military 40 years ago and... They'll remember the bases they were at exactly. Sometimes down to, sp to, to specific dates, things happened. I mean, there's there's never uh, any doubt about you know where they served at, what dates they served here. I mean, just ask even a, a young military guy. Just ask him, you know, where he was at uh, a year ago, or a year and a half ago, or two years ago. They're going to know, you know. Uh, where the post was at, where they served at. And a lot of them are going to know the names of the guys they served with or who their commanding officers were. I mean, this is just stuff that if it's legitimate uh, military record, there's never a question about it. I mean, it's it's something, you know, it, it, it's an, an impactful thing that happens to a person when they're in the military. That's been my observation. So... I've never talked to a guy in the military who couldn't remember where he was at during a specific month or whatever week that he was in the military. He knew where he was at. The only time he may not have known where he was at was in, is, is uh, when he was on leave. But if he was on duty, he can tell you exactly where he was on duty, and he can tell you what he was doing. And I'm not seeing this with this account. Unfortunately, Mr. Willingham 
claims to have been in the Texas Air Force Reserve, but the only records that were discovered were from the Pennsylvania Civil Air Patrol. He was flying an airplane, he was in World War II, he was a skilled pilot apparently, but the, the memory just doesn't seem to match up with the records. And if there's something out there that does uh, show something different, uh, I would love to, to, to hear I have an open mind. But as it is, uh, unfortunately from my perspective, uh, the Del Rio UFO crash does not pass uh, the smell test. And I'd have to say, as far as I'm concerned, it, it's not real. That's all for today. Uh, UFO warning over and out.